No, that's wrong. Maybe it was the original. Was that the original? It was, but it was labeled short intro. Oh, no. But yeah, no, that was the original like minute long one that we changed a little bit. Yeah. Oops, my bad. Um, we'll just, I'll cut the other one in now. Okay. <laughs> so just a minute, it's happening. I'll have it better. <laughs> Welcome back to Detroit Strange. Um, this podcast. We started off today's episode just the blast in the past for just us. It's a fun yeah. time. Oh no, that's gonna get shared. That's gonna be the intro. Oh good, good. Yeah. I won't cut that. That was weird. Yes. It was ooky spooky. It was we, very we spooky. Say. I felt like something the energy changed, something yeah. happened, something entered the space. It was a ghost. A big old ghost that's like bum around. Ghost! Oh my! Yes, I was ooked and spooked. Ooked and spooked. Oh, it is summer. I don't think it is officially, but it is summer now, baby. It is effectively summer. It is too damn hot already. It is, but I prefer it, even when I'm showering three times a day to catch up with it. That's fair. I haven't been minding it too much because I've just kind of been living in the basement today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wear my shorty shorts. The shorty shorts always help. Oh, fantastic. Love that for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was just swallowing. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> As one Again, does. Off to just a stellar start here. This always. Week. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to mention... I yeah. updated our Patreon tiers Ooh. a little bit, kind of shifted some of the amounts and things, added some things, switched yeah. them around. Because uh, we do have a Patreon. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to support the show, it's a great way to do it. Yeah, got some and, cool bonus stuff on there. Go always check yeah. out. And if there's bonus stuff that's not there that you want, let us know. Just email us. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my big things today. That and uh, getting some stuff ready for. A Hey Girl episode. Oh, no. Nice. I'm playing Ant Live. Yes. Um, very excited for that. I'm excited every month for that, though. That show is always a lot of fun. Yeah. I've like watched a couple of them. They always seem like you guys are having a good time and mm-hmm. they're always interesting. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, Detroit improviser extraordinaire Margaret Ebertowski. She hosts a show and invites all her, you know, funny, not her, I mean, some people are new too. Yeah. She invites a bunch of funny ladies on, and it's just an hour of good times. A lot of fun, a lot of fun conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always leave it very happy at the end. Yeah. I make a cameo sometimes. Ooh. Ooh. That and Detroit Women of Comedy Festival. Yeah. Is coming in hot. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. That's like in two weekends, isn't it? It is. Yes. If you're listening to this, it's probably the weekend, right? It's the 4th and 5th of June. So that's like so the, not the w- next weekend, but the weekend after. One and a half weeks from this episode coming out. Okay. Wait. No, I think that's it's a actually lie. just, I think that's it is the same it's, week. Oh, it is the same week. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, I mean, I have calendars like, to look uh, at when I'm like doing things. So it's lucky I can still remember the days of the week. <laughs> If anybody from Detroit Women Comedy Festival is listening, I will be there. Uh, it's hard because we, are, we, like you know, we record in advance, so sometimes yeah. it's hard to visualize. Timeline. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's hard to time travel, you know. It is, or is it? I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> we don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of a TikTokers book. who say they are time travelers. I would love to see those. <laughs> Me too. Well, I'll send you some Please. next time I come across them. I'm always like, there you go. There's a lot of fun corners of TikTok to explore. There really is. I also got in possum TikTok somehow. So there's that. Possum TikTok? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. A lot of baby possums being saved in the world. Or opossums, rather. Yeah. I think that's what's in America. 
I don't I know, know one is Australian and one's in America. I think possums are Australia and opossums are here. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. But I heard you say you finished a book. I finished a book. That's not. Is it your book club book? It is. It was Ender's Game. <laughs> I finished it last night and I'm already starting a second book. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the title again? I'm sorry. Ender's I glitched Game. out for a second. Okay, there we go. Yes. Have you heard of it? It sounds familiar, but I am probably thinking of Hunger Games. I don't know. Possibly. It's, it was written in the 70s, and it's like a sci-fi book. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's like okay. basically like humanity has gone up against this alien race twice, and like they're kind of preparing for the third showdown. And like they're um, basically like just like scoping out children to see who's going to be the next Alexander the Great, the next Julius Caesar, the next mm-hmm. like basically great military mind of humanity. Interesting. Yeah. We, not time appropriate, but somewhat time appropriate with all the uh, UFO news coming out in recent days. I haven't heard any of the UFO news. What's the U- catch me up? Oh, it's just been over the past like few months and I don't know the exact dates of it, but it came up on two things to do with the podcast network this week because uh, one of them is this week uh big dad energy has been launching yes which features uh host joe and jared they are new to the dad business both of them within the last i think year and a half or so yeah and so they kind of catch up talk they got some you know jokes flying back back and forth between them and dad jokes uh, I don't think spe- exclusively, but maybe okay. a few. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we, you know, the podcast network does a little interview thing for a new shows coming on. Yeah. And they talked about UFOs and how Tom DeLong of Blink-182 was basically like posting all this stuff. And then the U.S. Navy said, uh, yep, that's, uh, that's true. I know he went on some panel or something too, because Worst in the Industry did an episode on it this week as well. Well, so last week when this comes out. Tom DeLong. That's a name I don't hear very often. And it's never like about musical stuff. It's always like UFOs now. And then the other one was like some guy on Bake Off made a cake of Tom DeLong. <laughs> I kind of remember that. Yeah. <laughs> That's I was great. just like, love this for you, dude, who made the mm-hmm. Tom DeLong cake. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, it's, you know, when those things just come up in your life and yeah all angles i keep seeing ufo things yeah. i also listen to a lot actually of see a ufo and it abducts paranormal you. uh content nobody wants that we'll say oh no it's frozen am i frozen oh, or no. are you frozen now you're gone realize my love for you was strong oh, wait no. are you back are you back oh no yes i don't know which one of us froze more um <laughs> I don't know, but like I still see voice lines on my side for the. Me too. Gap. Okay, so that'll be interesting to see what. <laughs> I can't wait for you to be edited in this and see. I was singing during mine, and I can't wait to hear what you were talking about. I was just chatting a lot, but I'm glad <laughs> we're both back. Both back. Our timelines have converged. It's true. It's true. Uh... You're talking too much about UFOs, and they're like, we gotta stop them. I think that must be it. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's exactly what happened. Oh, absolutely. There's no other, there's no other option. I guess we should change subject then. Yeah. How about you? I, I did not finish a book. I am in the middle of several books. And of course, Ooh. I'm in the process of buying another book. But I did finish a mini series. Ooh, which one? Uh, the Sons of Sam one on Netflix, which actually was recommended by producer Patty and husband Perry. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And they were shocked I hadn't seen it because usually I'm right on that stuff. It is very interesting. What's it's it about? about? I've never even heard of it. So it, there was, I forget the exact year, but back in the day, there was the Summer of Sam, which was uh, a bunch of killings in New York City, predominantly younger women, short brown hair. And it actually a bunch of women went and got wigs and were staying home and like all this Crazy yeah. stuff. I think it was like six in total. And then this guy, Sam Berkowitz, did get caught mm-hmm. and did go to jail. 
uh, admitted to it, f- full on, all the things. Yeah. This documentary shed some light. There was a reporter who basically did some extra research even at the time and uncovered a lot of things. I don't want to ruin it too much, but just it wasn't a case that I knew a ton about other than there was a John Leguizamo movie that takes place in that same year in New York City. And so that was part of the plot line. Um, I forget the movie because it's been a long time since I've seen it. (laughs) But I remember that being like a large... In fact, I think it's called Summer of Sam. And... (laughs) That's basically what I knew about that case. Yeah. And it is wild. Oh, yeah. And it's only four parts, which is kind of nice, too. So it's yeah. not like anything overly consuming, but wild. Uh-huh. Just, I can't, I wouldn't even be able to explain. Interesting. How it, different it is than surface level. I will add it to the list. I'm be- quite behind. I still haven't even watched the share documentary that went on to. Oh, Paramount the elephant Plus. one. Yeah. Oh, you got to get on that. I know. I was just watching a clip of her singing um, My Way to the Elephant. And I was like, oh, Cher, what a queen. And now you can watch a long clip. Right. <laughs> uh, I am also on the hunt of a. They put out a special edition People magazine about Cher, and I'm trying to find it. You can't find it? I like haven't looked that hard. But, okay, like, that's fair. That's fair. I just like keep seeing ads for it, and I'm like, I need to go get that. Maybe I go to CVS mm-hmm. after we are done recording and check their mag. Do they still have magazines at CVS? Do they have a newsstand? Where do I find magazines? It's just I the don't grocery even store. Know. Yeah, but it's not that big at the grocery store. I don't know where magazines are anymore. Me neither. A bookstore, maybe. The bookstores used to have. Oh, yeah. I think there's a Barnes & Noble somewhere. I'm just going to have to Google it. Where's a magazine? Maybe I can just buy it online, honestly. Yeah. Save myself It's so hustle. weird to think about, though, because that used to be like. Yeah. Such everywhere a thing. You go. I remember perusing magazine racks and just saying, like, hmm. Which one do I want to not buy? Mm-hmm. All of exactly. them. Exactly. I mean, I think we just solved the mystery of why you can't find that <laughs> yeah. many. Yep. Uh, I don't know how that reminded me, but I'm getting a cat on Sunday. Oh, yay. Name. Um. Oh, its shelter name is Mama Von Trap, <laughs> which I just, I can't. Oh, that's uh, so good. Yeah. So shelter name, Mama Von Trap, foster name, mm-hmm. Ollie. Aw. I think I'm going to rename it Minerva, though. Okay. And maybe call her Minnie. Oh, that's cute. I do yeah, like that. Because she kind of looks like Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter when she's a cat. Mm-hmm. You know, like the okay. brown tabby with this, you know, markings around the eyes. Yeah. Uh, and she's smart, too. She comes when she, like, I've never seen a cat that comes when it's called like this. Oh. I mean, they all have their own little right. personalities. Right. So I'm like, it's a smart cat that looks like Professor McGonagall. It's Minerva. It's got to be Minerva. I love a, a pet with, like, um, a more obscure human yeah. name too for some reason I just absolutely adore that yeah I haven't completely decided but like I've mostly decided you know I think you've decided you I, just put yeah. it out on the, into the world I put it down this. onto the recording you know exactly it's set it's gonna get pressed into vinyl and turn into mm-hmm. a record yep hard copy of this recording now I know what to get you for the next holiday season. A vinyl of our podcast? Just that clip. Yes. And I can just look at it fondly because I have no record player. It's going to be 18 tracks long and every track is just that you announcing the name. Different sound effects before and of after. Course. Yeah. Of course. Like, I'm going to name him Mervo. <laughs> like, slide whistle. Exactly. Well, that is fantastic, though. Yeah. News-wise. And I'm super excited. Yeah, because I've been trying since, like, the end of March to, like, mm-hmm. it just, like, some shelters are just so backed up or whatever. And Yeah. But yeah. I got it from the Ferndale Cat Shelter. They were actually really nice and helpful there. Oh, that's awesome. They did need three and... references, which I thought was excessive. Well. Especially because, like, like, I just used, like, my two friends and my boyfriend, like... 
Of course yeah. they're gonna say good things about me. But I get why. Like I get why. Still. But yeah. like I'm also like, okay. I think it's okay though too. I mean, I, I get yeah. that it's a lot, but also they just want to make sure. Oh yeah. And I think no. that's okay. No, yeah, and like I'm getting a living creature from them, so like Yeah. It's fair. I also yeah. do a virtual home tour. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, so I just show someone around my house from my phone and be like, yeah, this is my bedroom. This is the other bedroom. This is my basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, every once in a while, they be like, oh, make sure you like put that up. Or is that, yeah. is that plant good for cats? And I'm like, I think not. That's just why it's in the room with the door that is shut all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do have to be careful with plants. Uh, and I was going to ask, was the cat also on the virtual tour? Did the cat No, get to the also cat did watch? not get to see its new crib. Darn it. I know. <laughs> I like, it took me, like, I bought everything except for a cat carrier the other day, which oh. arguably the cat carrier is the most important part. Um, it's the first thing you're going to need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so today I went on, like, the PetSmart website and, like, they had like one left and I'm like, all right, I guess that's the one. So I like did like the order online, pick up the store. I haven't picked it up yet. But mm-hmm. then I was reading the reviews because I noticed it had like low reviews. And it was like the cat can get out. The cat can get out of the bag, can open it itself. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm just going to be driving because it's like a half hour from my house to the foster parents house. It will. I like. It, I think I might bring a luggage lock and not like lock it, lock it, but just kind of like loop it around mm-hmm. the zipper so like that way the cat can't like let itself out. Mm-hmm. Or is there a twist tie? Do you have a twist tie? I do. I do have twist ties as well. That's like a little less intense. Yeah. But probably still effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I, it will be okay. Even if the cat does get out, it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, just pull over and yeah. you know do your best. It will be fine. Yeah. I have. I have full faith in you thank you i appreciate that i do not but i appreciate your faith in me like because oh, i've okay. never had like a pet before that was just mine mm-hmm. and so yeah, I'm a little no, nervous. that's exciting yeah no, you're gonna be great you're gonna be great i set up a little um like windowsill shelf for it today so it could Aww. look outside in the backyard watch all the squirrels yeah. yeah but yeah it's gonna be great i'm excited uh are you sipping on anything I am not. I like, which is like extra inappropriate based on today's topic. But like, I like just, I didn't. So I had like you a don't hard. Have to... Well, no, no, no. I just want to explain okay. my thought process. Okay. 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 Oh, uh, because I was like, oh, I could make a drink. But then I was like, I have a hard seltzer. And then I just had like a bunch of liquor and like no mixers. Okay. And so it was either going to be like a hard seltzer, which I do all the time. Or just like, mm-hmm. I'd have to like scrounge. I didn't want. I didn't want to play chops today. Is basically what it, it okay. ha- what it boiled down to. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I in honor of the new tiki glasses that your mother got you. Oh, I love those. <laughs> Thank you for sending the photo. Yes. Uh, uh, I used my tiki glass that kind of matches the one of yours. Ah, uh, now I wish I would have made a drink. I did play chopped because I used. The last of the rum I have, uh-huh. a little bit of uh, coconut milk, but like the canned kind. Yeah. Um, and lime juice and pineapple Ooh. juice. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet. First sip reaction on air. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty, good. pretty good. Yeah. Into it. Uh, also, it's, you know, it's Friday. Well, it's Friday when we're recording. Yeah. Sun's out. Time for tiki, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is tiki weather. It is mm-hmm. very much tiki weather. Yeah. Um, I think we have to go on a very short break. On a quick journey. Uh, a little bit of a um, travel. Yes. Well, I was like, there's got to be another word. We need a thesaurus. We got to go find a thesaurus. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. So enjoy this break. 
Hey folks, guess what? The Detroit Women of Comedy Fest is back, baby! We're going to be streaming across Planet Ants channels on June 4th and June 5th. That's their Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you get it. There's going to be so much funny stuff. We're talking sketch, stand-up, podcasts, live stream, workshops, special guests. Head over to DetroitWomenOfComedy.com to find out how you can join the fun. Yeah! We're back. I found a thesaurus. Oh, good. Yeah, and some other options for journey. There's voyage. Okay, yeah, I know that one. And trek. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So that's it. A journey, a voyage, a trek. There were more, but they weren't that fun. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like nobody's like, ooh, let's go for a journey, and like, ooh, let's go for just a walk. You know. (laughs) I mean, sometimes a walk's a journey. It is, but like, you wouldn't say the Hobbit went on a a walk. It was an epic, epic adventure, a journey, uh, escapade. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I know he says adventure in the movie. <laughs> I think is it? A, I don't I'm know. going on an adventure. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I like haven't seen the movie in a long time, but like mm-hmm. that clip is used so often. I was like. When you're the drunk friend and you're just like, escape the group. I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> yes. Which is Molly. Oh. Did I ever tell you about the time she Cinderella on us? Uh, out at midnight and left a shoe? Similar. So basically okay. we were out at Rosie O'Grady's one night. Like this was very pre-pandemic. And like, she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. We're like, Okay. And then all, like, she's gone for, like, a suspicious amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then I just, like, looked at my phone and I saw a notification that Molly was in my house. Because, like, I have a keypad that notifies yes. me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl, what happened? She's like, I just had to go. I just ran back down the high mile back to your house. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Love Molly. It. <laughs> yep. It was a Molly move. And I'm like, you got to respect the hustle. But... I have a word journey for you. Mm, speaking of treks. Yes. A word journey. A voice trek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but let me switch tabs real quick. Oh, yes. I'm going to come up with other things. A mouth trip. Mouth trip, yes. About to take you on a mouth trip. Uh, um, and you know what? What I'm gonna I'm uh gonna take uh Cardi B's wop 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 because mm-hmm. today's topic is about wet ass prohibitions. Oh, so I. A lot of this comes from like the the Wicked Women of Detroit, and it's kind of uh-huh. talking about the role women had in Prohibition in Detroit. Because I, well, I know okay. we've touched on it a few times. We've talked about like the Purple yeah. Gang, um, two way in the speakeasy, mm-hmm. callbacks, callbacks, mm-hmm. callbacks, patties, patties, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was interesting to kind of like seeing um, the impact that women had on Prohibition because like there's some. Special things that, like, we're, I don't know, you know, we'll get into it, but. I love that, yeah. We're talking wop, wop, wop. That's mm-hmm, a wet-ass mm-hmm. prohibition. Love it. But I want to get started with uh, the Eve of Detroit bootleggers. Eve is in, okay. like, Adam and Eve, not, like, Eve is in the evening. Okay. I was, like, the night before the Detroit bootleggers. Yeah. No, I thought, like, the book used that term, and I think it was interesting, because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a prohibition in Detroit before, like, the one that was countrywide. Well, yeah, Michigan was in prohibition before the country. Yeah, well, no, this is, like, 1798, I'm talking. Oh, like, a long time. Okay, no, I did not know that. So the year is 1798, the city's all dirt roads, livestock, and the fort. Uh, The fort Mm -hmm. was currently named Lernol, but... Uh, it was also known as Fort Detroit and Fort Shelby. So, okay, I've heard mm-hmm. Detroit and Shelby more than I've heard Lernol. But yeah, I've never heard Lernol, but I've heard the other 
the others. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like giving an idea of what the city was like at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, the year earlier, an early form of prohibition was passed in the area because it was kind of peace times, you know, like the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War was over. It was before the War of 1812. So like, what else are the soldiers going to do but drink? So mm-hmm. the military is like, we don't want our soldiers to drink their boredom away. So they decided to just completely ban alcohol. I'm sure that went over very well. Right. I just like said, seems dramatic, but okay. <laughs> like Detroit necessarily wasn't a like bustling metropolis at the time. And the books mm-hmm. even described it as backwoods. That makes sense. And I think this is like the time of like ribbon farms and stuff like that too. Oh, so everybody yeah. was like really spread out and like, yeah, yeah. Just it's definitely not the Detroit we know and love today. Mm-hmm. But three people were charged with providing alcohol to the soldiers. William Mitchell, James Frazier, and Lydia Connor. Oh, Lydia. Yes. So all three were found guilty, but their punishments greatly varied. So Mitchell was the proprietor of a popular trading post that did business with the military. So mm-hmm. all he got was a slap on the wrist. Uh, Frazier, on the other hand, was a well-to-do merchant in the city, so they're like, we really can't punish the rich guy. Do you mm-hmm. think Lydia was so lucky? I do. I have bad feelings for or a bad feeling for Lydia. Yeah, so she was not so lucky. She was sentenced to a walk of shame around the fort. Basically, like, they tied an empty bottle with black ribbon around her neck, and she had to walk all around the fort and basically just, I don't know... If people just like booed her or what, but what the fuck? They like Cersei'd her. Yeah, they like made her walk around the fort with a bottle on her neck. And like mm. after that, they exiled her permanently from the city. That is dramatic. A little much. It's yeah. dramatic. Like Ugh. So not great for her, but she did get her spot in history as the first, but definitely not last, to be person to be punished in Detroit for violating prohibition laws. Okay. So that's kind of why that she got the like the nickname the Eve of Detroit bootleggers. Mm-hmm. Just a little refresher about what prohibition looked like in Detroit because I like it's, again we've talked before just kind of like Detroit, you know, it's not the first day that usually comes to mind with prohibition. Yeah, I feel like it's usually Chicago, but Detroit with its proximity to Canada. Mhm. And always because I forget when Prohibition is, it was from 1920 to 1933. I literally can never remember if it's the 20s or 30s. And the answer is the 20s. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you just hear about the roaring 20s and everyone was drinking. And I'm like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, they were. It just wasn't legal. Right. I just like couldn't, for mm-hmm. some reason, just like, I'm like, was it the 30s or the 20s? Again, this is the part where my cousin Jerry is screaming because I don't know my history. Um, well, and too, it is confusing, too, because the laws weren't necessarily you couldn't drink, but you couldn't sell. Yeah. So it's it's and like people were allowed to have certain amounts of certain things like in their household. And I think for like medicinal purposes or something like that, there was like you could get prescribed beer during Prohibition, for example. So it's kind of, like, confusing because we think about it as being, like, no alcohol whatsoever, but it's just that you couldn't sell it. Yeah. Essentially, it was, like, marijuana uh, was, you know what I mean? Like, the same kind of thing, and it just doesn't stop people, necessarily. It just means you alternative methods. Yeah. And just like the aim was to reduce crime and their health problems, which mm-hmm. like there is never any evidence that it did either. And like just kind of fueled organized crime. Mm-hmm. At one point in 1929, it was the second biggest industry in the city, generating 300 million or about 4 billion today, which is mm, crazy wow. to think that mm-hmm. something that was illegal could generate that much money. Um mm-hmm. And also, did you know at some point the Detroit Border Patrol formed what was called a Prohibition Navy? No. It, they were armed with speedboats. They, they had armed speedboats, but it didn't really help much. <laughs> I just love the idea of a Prohibition Navy. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of getting more back towards the wet women of Detroit, as they were known. 
I kind of just like have just some a f- collection of short stories about some of the women. Okay. So the first one we're going to talk about is Anna Krobniak. So like one of the reasons why fe- like women back then were such good bootleggers is because kind of like no decent man would search a woman. You know, it was unthinkable to search oh, a woman. Yeah. Like, how dare you? That's dishonorable, you know. Okay. Might see her ankle or whatever back in the, those mm-hmm. rules back in the day. Um, so kind of one way that like people were trying to get around this was if like cops suspected you of being a bootlegger, they would try and buy some alcohol from you, which I guess they still kind of do today, but mm-hmm. I've seen my idiot brother. Yes. Um, and this is kind of what happened to officer Frank Chammy. Shami? I don't know. Officer sure. Frank. Officer so he was Frank. suspicious of Frank and sorry, he was suspicious of Anna. And so bootleggers kind of had like, you know, there was kind of like a little bit of the bootleggers did this, the cops did this, and they're kind of trying to tiptoe around each other to fish each other out. Mm-hmm. And one way the bootleggers did this was something called the obligatory sample when buying illegal hooch. And kind of this worked for two reasons. Like it was to ensure the buyer that it was actually what the seller said it was, but it was also supposed to convince the seller that the buyer wasn't a cop because I mean, a cop wouldn't break the law, would they, you know, (laughs) but unfortunately for officer Frank, he kept sampling the bottle on his way to get the paperwork for a search warrant and ended up getting sick from the homemade hooch and had to go home instead. So, he, so it still kind of worked, I guess. Right. I mean, it worked for a day because the next day yeah. he was, you know, maybe had a brown bag flu and then went yeah, to work, okay. got the search warrant. And he went to Anna's house and caught her with booze in her house. And she was given the choice between 90 days at the Detroit House of Corrections or a $250 mm-hmm. fine. So she took the fine and then just continued to bootleg because she's like, it was just fine uh, making bank probably. So mm-hmm. that was Anna's story. Go Anna. Yes. <laughs> then there was a woman named Mary Howe and she was just, <coughs> sorry. Oh, you okay? Yeah. There's allergies. It's just oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. They're a bitch. So she was just 18, but she earned the reputation of being the Amelia Earhart of Detroit bootleggers. Interesting. Yes. And how she got that was she had a boat that was powered by an airplane motor. Oh, so real fast? Yeah. So in October of 1926, she tried to use it to get a load of whiskey across the river, but was caught by Border Patrol. And she became the first woman rum runner arrested by Border Patrol. Oh. So unfortunately, the boat was not fast enough to get her way. But no. Again, she earned her spot in history as the first woman run runner. Yeah. Do we know what happened? To, like what her consequences were? Or no? No, it didn't go into details with her. Yeah. Here's an uh, interesting story. So the talking about a woman named Julia Bensick. She sold hooch out of her home on South Street, but she kind of got a little... Uh, Innovative with her delivery method. Any guesses? Okay. Um, by donkey. Nope. Um, oh. in a bucket. Nope. <laughs> Make any guess one guess. more. Okay. Um, she would deliver it. Uh, disguised. As apple juice. I don't know. <laughs> that was a really bad one. That's okay. I mean, you're closest. Oddly enough, you were closest with Donkey, yes. in my opinion. Okay. Um, she we could she hired a third grader. She hired a <laughs> she hired a third grader. <laughs> I mean I mean, so she would send her this third grade girl off with half pints worth a quarter or like 25 cents. Uh-huh. And this went on for over a year. Of this It was clearly effective. Right. 
Uh, the only reason um, it stopped is because one day a cop saw her leaving the house with a bottle and the scared, like, you know, child talking to cop scared, they just immediately spilled the beans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when they checked her house, they found eight gallons of whiskey. So she Which was. It's a, a lot, lot of but also it's not a lot. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like. But I th- no I house like, should have that much, but at the same time, it was like a house slash distillery. So it's a lot for a house, yeah. not a lot for a distillery. No. So then we actually have a couple next: Sam and Sarah Spencer. I like the alliteration of their names. Yes. So the couple lived on Erskine Street with their baby, mm-hmm. and they would sell liquor out of their home. Okay. One day, Sarah was at home, you know, selling the booze, doing what she had to do. Mm-hmm. and a cop arrested her like at home and the police claim they didn't know there was an infant sleeping in the house so like they just kind of like cuffed her and took her no questions asked mm. so sam came home to find that his wife was gone and his baby was crying just like his baby was home oh, alone boy. crying and his wife was gone yeah yeah, so he went down to the station and traded himself for his wife, and he stayed there until the trial, actually. So he kind of was like, let me stay at my wife's place so she can go take care of our child. Mm-hmm. And then basically once the trial started, Sarah had to take the stand while Sam like kind of just swaddled the baby and like was in the audience or whatever. Is it called wow. an audience in the trial? I don't know what the term is. Um... We'll go with audience because I got nothing. Okay. Uh, she was ultimately just fined $200, which I'm sure was a lot okay. of money, but no jail time. Less than uh, Anna. Yeah. So kind of here's our last specific female bootlegger. Mm-hmm. And her name was Mary Melovich. Mm-hmm. And so this is alliteration. Of, yes. I love this. If you have an alliterative name, you are a bootlegger of <laughs> some kind. <laughs> Rule, fact, law. But so she was a native Serbian living in the city and was caught by a federal prohibition agent with a suspicious bottle. She tried to get rid of it by pouring it all over her dress. Oh. Which I don't know what that was going to solve. No, that doesn't seem good. Right, like, okay, so your alcohol is clearly just on your dress now because now he can probably just smell it on you. Like, mm-hmm. so also I don't, don't go near any flames yeah I, so I kind of don't really understand what the strategy was there but it didn't work I mean she was under pressure too so yeah we all don't know what we do you know true, what I mean like, true yeah and maybe she was like oh my clothes you can't touch them you're a gentleman yeah and he was like I got this match and she's like oops oh no <laughs> yeah I guess I'll come with you <laughs> So they took her to trial, and she claimed that she couldn't speak English, because again, she was native Serbian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The judge was kind of like, sus, but okay, so you got a translator. Mm-hmm. But the judge was able to call her bluff by just kind of like, during the middle of her testimony, just abruptly asking her a question in English that she unfortunately answered in perfect English. Oh, so this is like the opposite of the Witch of Del Rey. yeah. Where she actually couldn't, but they thought she could. Yeah. Episode one. Yeah. Extreme callback. The first one. Yeah. Which is like such an unfortunate thing that like other people were trying this and then mm-hmm. poor Witch Adele Ray actually like couldn't really speak. In, you know, mm-hmm. I see also why reminds- people were skeptical. Yeah. It also reminds me of the in Chicago, the musical. There's the one. I believe she's Polish. Yeah, uh-uh, not guilty, uh, girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, and, not guilty. And it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That part always makes me sad. Yeah. So the judge, I just wrote, the judge was mad mad about it. Mad mad. Yes, he was mad mad. Mm-hmm. And he gave her a $1,000 fine. And oh, up wow. to four months behind bars at the good old House of Corrections. But that's not even the most bizarre turn of events. Okay. So when the sentence came down, 
there was a Danish sailor named Pete Miller, who was just like this, you know, Scandinavian dude. I guess he, he mm-hmm. was kind of just like built too. I don't know if he was. Just, he just seemed. They mentioned him being like some kind of thick. Okay. Um, but he was just so enamored by Mary that he offered to take her place in prison. Oh, wow. Complete stranger. He was just like, you're too beautiful to go to jail. That's not a Scandinavian accent. No. You're too beautiful to go to jail. Like, I don't know. I can't. No, good. That was a good attempt. Okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Just like if Swedish chef stepped in and was like, mm-hmm. let me see if I can take this place. Um, they were like, that's cute, but that's not how the law works. So, <laughs> so that's kind of like the end of all like the personal stories. But I just have some more general facts about women and their role in the bootlegging. Yeah, because they were kind of the real bread and butter that like don't get talked about enough. Yeah. So by 1931, female bootleggers were responsible for about 85 percent of all smuggled booze into the city. Holy 85%. shit. 85%. That's so much more than I was expecting. I was expecting a decent number, but just knowing that, like, there were all the, the like, uh, like the Purple Gang and, like, yeah. them doing it, too. And those were, like, organized, like, yeah. groups, like, groups of people doing it. That's crazy. Yeah. 85%. I was, like, gobsmacked Damn. when I saw that. Yeah. Um, And again, like, one of the big reasons was no self-respecting male agent would search them. So, agents simply asked them to confess and cough up their illicit goods. Which, uh-huh. like, you can imagine how effective that is. Like, hey, you carrying any of that illegal stuff that you can get in trouble for? No. No, no, not at all. Just I don't know what needles. you're talking about. Yeah. Couldn't possibly. Couldn't possibly. If it's not bread, I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> I need to get back to the kitchen now. Right. I'm sorry, I think my husband's calling me. <laughs> but... Like, female bootleggers were so successful that in late 1931, a customs collector pressed a group of secretaries to serve as female agents. Oh. And so they were much more successful than their male counterparts. Uh, It didn't go into Mm -hmm. too much more detail about them, which was unfortunate. And I tried to look, but I couldn't really find much. Just Mm because I, like, think it's an interesting tactic. The cops even thought that. Yeah. But I just wanted to finish with an excerpt from the book. Sure. In 1933, the noble experiment ended. Detroit was wet once again. Although thanks in large part to the women of Prohibition era Detroit, it was never dry in the first place. (laughs) I was like, bravo. Bitches get shut down, to quote Miss Tina Fey. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So just my sources real quick. Uh, The Wicked Women of Detroit by Tobin T. Book. Visit Detroit.com. Click on Detroit.com and Curbed Detroit. Fantastic. That was surprising. I I, I mean, not that I didn't think women were involved, but you never hear about that. Yeah. 85%. 85%, which is like, I have to talk about them. They need their day. That's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Women are great. Yeah. <laughs> it's why they got their own comedy festival. Woot woot. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So excellent job, though. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Just that was some fun stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And speaking of great women. Yes. Are you ready for two truths and a lie? Absolutely. Little game. Little game. Well, this two truths and a lie is about a Miss Sally Ride. Ride, Sally, who ride? Literally was singing that in the bathroom earlier. I don't know why. Like, you knew. Yeah. You knew. We're psychically connected. Psychically linked. <laughs> uh, well, a little background information, and then I'll give you the three. So when Sally Ride, and I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this for today. When she made her first space flight in 1983, she was both the first American woman and the youngest American to make the journey into nice. space each year on her birthday may 26 the world celebrates the many achievements of the late american astronaut and astrophysicist uh, dr sally ride yes and that is when this episode comes out nice yeah so i thought we've talked about her a few times yeah i love her so we're gonna go with it we have to we must okay 
Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Number one. She nationally ranked for track and field at one point. Okay. Number two. She aspired to play shortstop for the Dodgers. Okay. Number three. She was an avid stamp collector. I'm going with number three is the lie. Uh, That one is true. She started collecting Olympic stamps during a European trip with her family when she was nine. Uh Then in her teens, she focused on stamps honoring space explorers. And she continued adding to her collection the rest of her life. And little did she know she would one day appear on a forever stamp. Oh, I know. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, Okay. So then it's track and field and the Dodgers. Correct. Uh, I'm going to track and field. Uh, that is the lie. Okay. She actually ranked nationally in tennis as a junior play- tennis as a junior player. Okay. So by the time she turned 18 in 1969, she was actually 18th in the country. Oh, wow. And tennis legend Billie Jean King encouraged her to turn pro, but she chose to go to college and focus on that instead. King didn't Fair. forget, though, about it. And when she was in a 1984 interview, play, she was asked uh, who she'd take to the moon with her. Uh-huh. And King replied, Tom Selleck, my family, and Sally Ride to get us all back. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little bit more about her because we love her. Yeah. Give me all the so, facts. She did She did want to play shortstop for the Dodgers because she grew up in L.A. She's a huge fan. Her father often challenged her to calculate like baseball stats and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And she dreamed about being the shortstop. But her mom basically told her as a girl she couldn't aspire to do that. Oh. Which, I mean, she wasn't right. She could have played baseball, but not for the Dodgers. So yeah. She wasn't wrong. Yeah. A couple other things about her, though, because, again, just fascinating person. In 19... 19- 1983 there was a journalist who was doing a profile for her or, or on her for people mm-hmm. and asked her some you know questions things like will the flight affect your reproductive organs to which she replied there's no evidence of that uh-huh. good on her also things like do you weep when things go wrong on the job sally gestured to her crewmate rick and replied why don't people ask rick these questions yeah <laughs> and reporters would Ask these kind of stupid sexist questions there all the all time, the but she time. usually managed to respond like super gracefully with like a little bit of humor. Yeah. So she was on two space flights to uh, on the Challenger and or I'm sorry, rides two space flights were aboard the doomed, the eventually doomed shuttle Challenger. Mm-hmm. She was eight months deep into her training program for a third flight aboard the shuttle when it tragic tragically exploded in 1986. Yeah. And she actually learned about it when she was on a plane. Oh. Yeah. And four of the lost members of the Challenger's crew had been her, her, in her astronaut training class. Four of the seven. Oh. I know. Uh, she In 1977, she was finishing her PhD in physics at Stanford and planning to actually become a professor. And one morning she was eating breakfast in the cafeteria, reading the newspaper, when she noticed an article saying NASA was looking for new astronauts astronauts and for the first time women could apply and she knew that instance she wanted to go into space ah i love that Mm -hmm. for her yeah uh before she flew in space though she was the first female capcom the capsule communicator okay basically the person talking to astronauts on the space shuttle Uh uh-huh and um soon after that she became the first woman assigned to an actual crew which is just wonderful yes a few months after Sally returned home from space, NASA sent her on a three-week tour of Europe. Nice. But Cold War tensions were sort of high, and she was told not to mingle with Russian cosmonauts. But in Fair. Hungary, she ran into Svetlana Savitskaya, a Russian who had flown in space the year before Sally, and the two women arranged a secret meeting to spend hours swapping stories about spaceflight. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, she was actually a Trekkie. Okay. In 1995, she attended a premiere screening of Star Trek, the Voyager series. And actress Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway, who I also adore, gave Sally a Star Trek crew pin. Aww. Mm-hmm. And that's actually in the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum, the home of the Sally K. Ride collection of papers and personal artifacts today. Nice. 
another very fun fact about her. She was the first openly LGBTQ astronaut. Oh, I didn't know she was LGBTQ. What she identify either. as? Uh, a lesbian. Awesome. So she, yep. Mm-hmm. She did have a brief marriage to fellow astronaut Steve Hawley before it, though. And it was very publicly known. They were married from 1982 to 1987. And, oh, well, but she did go on to form a longtime relationship with Tam O'Shaughnessy, which was a childhood friend of hers and a science writer. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. she. They met when they were preteens playing on the junior tennis circuit. And they became good friends, eventually life partners. They would go on to spend 27 years together. Oh. Yeah. And where's the Sally Ride biopic? Where's that at? I know. I know. And actually, I'm very confused because I got this from two sources, which I'll share. And I just realized one of them said she was the first openly LGBTQ astronaut. But one of them also says it was made public when she died. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know I which mean, one. <laughs> Is right. She could be the first LGBT, like if she wasn't open, but like. She well, still maybe lies. they mean like confirmed or like actually yeah. had a relationship. You know what I mean? Because she yeah. did have a twenty-seven year relationship. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't public, but it was known to friends and family, kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. This is all just. <laughs> yeah. Conjecture. Um, she passed away July twenty third, two thousand twelve, at the age of sixty one. But in 2013, President Obama honored Sally posthumously with a Presidential Medal of Freedom, which he presented to Tam, quote, As the first American woman in space, Sally did not just break the stratospheric glass ceiling, she blasted through it. And when she came back to Earth, she devoted her life to helping girls excel in fields like math, science, and engineering. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Because she also, she would like co-wrote children's books and did like all this like programming and things like that, too. So just... Really, really cool woman. And all this came from mm -hmm, their uh, Mental Floss article, Five Things You Didn't Know About Sally Ride, and ucsdnews.ucsd.edu article called 20 Things You Might Not Know About Sally Ride. Nice. Yeah. I just love Sally Ride. Yeah. And you're right. Biopic. Come on. Yes. Where's it at? Come on. We need it. Yes. It's time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we are wrapped after that. I, mm-hmm. Wrapped like I a think... space ice cream. Oh, sure. Okay. I was going to go like a, a Prohibition era bottle. I almost said wrapped delivered like by a, a third grader. That's what I was about. To, I was always yeah. going to say wrapped like a wrapped like a half pint hiding in a third grader's backpack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, lovely. But if you want to follow us on our social medias, you can find us at, mm-hmm. at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned at the top of the episode, we do have a Patreon if you want to support the show. Uh, you can also support by going to threadless dot, threadless.com slash Detroit Strange. And we got some merch over there. Yes. Uh, if there's merch you'd like to see, let us know. Hit us you up. Know, we like designing new things. Yeah. Um. That's the part I usually say, so I am done with that now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think... Until next, next time. time. Stay, stay strange. Ride, Sally, who ride. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence.